You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. So one thing I've learned about Richmond since I've been here is that we have kind of a thing for Robert E. Lee. I get it. That's fine, you know. Uh, and, you know, there's a, there's a big statue of him down on Monument Avenue, and there's a, well, now it's an apartment building, but I guess it was a school named after him. Uh, what street is that on? Anyway, okay, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, so every time I, I, every time I see Robert E. Lee, and literally see Robert E. Lee, uh, on monuments, I think of this story that I was once told about him, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it, like all Jewish stories at least, it doesn't really need to be true to be a good story. So uh, Robert E. Lee, it is uh, said, uh, after the war, was called to the, uh, <clears throat> the plantation of, uh, that was owned by an elderly woman. And she had this uh, magnificent tree in the front of her property, that had been there for generations and generations in her family. And it was ripped apart into shreds by Union artillery fire and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and the fires that were set and troops marching through. It was ripped to shreds, basically just a stump with, uh, with branches hanging in various uh, places. And she called Robert E. Lee to her estate with a sense of indignation, and she calls him over and she says, look at this tree. Look what they did to this beautiful tree that's been in my family for generations. And she in her head is expecting Robert E. Lee to share her indignation and to share her pain and suffering and hatred of the North at what they've done to her priceless family heirloom. And so she says to him, so General Lee, what should I do? And General Lee paused for a moment, stroked his beard and said, my good madam, you should rip it up from its roots. See, here's the wisdom that Lee knew. Sometimes we hold on to the hurts and pains and injuries caused us by other people. They remain in our lives a twisted symbol of the harm that that person has caused us. And we stare at it, and every time we stare at it or into it, the pain grows and grows, and our anger gets hotter and hotter, and it becomes an unending cycle that consumes us from the inside. And so Lee said, rip it up by its roots. Get rid of it completely. In the words that my daughter sings all the time, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Because if you hold on to it, it's just going to consume you. Your indignation, your pain, maybe it's valid. But it is not going to impact the Union Army. It's not going to impact Lincoln. It's not going to cause a repair in what you perceive as being torn. And even more than that, 
The tree is gone anyway. It's never going to be the tree that it once was. And no amount of hate and no amount of anger and no amount of revenge is going to make the tree the tree that it was before. I think a lot of us struggle with this issue. We've been caused injuries, whether they be small or large in our lives. And for various reasons, there are actually good evolutionary biological reasons why we do this, but for various reasons, we hold on to that hurt, we hold on to that pain, we hold on to that grudge. And we refuse to let it go. Not until they say they're sorry. Not until they make it up to me. Not until they make amends. Which may be reasonable, and it may one day happen. And holding the grudge might make you less likely to get hurt by that person in the future. Maybe. It might, make you, might give you the, uh, the uh, reputation of being somebody who doesn't uh, let go of things easily, and so the next person will be a little bit afraid to cross you. Maybe. But here's definitely what it will do it will consume you from the inside as it does to me and so many of us in this room when we have an injury that was caused by, on us by another person and we hold on to that injury and remember the source of it. We become darkened by it. We hold on to that pain. And the person or people or source of that hurt has all but forgotten about it. Someone once said, and it's attributed to different people, so I don't know exactly what the right attribution is, but let's say, because I like him, let's say it's Nelson Mandela. It might have been Desmond Tutu, uh, who said that uh, bearing a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping it will hurt somebody else. Bearing a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping it will hurt somebody else. And I see some nods in here because I think that you know deep down on a fundamental level that this is true. I see it all the time in counseling, in, by the hospital bed, uh, at, uh, at, at the graveside and funerals. There are people who have been holding on to their hurts and injuries for so long, refusing to let go of them because they like the power it gives them. They like the sense of moral authority it gives them. I was injured, and I know I'm in the right, and I'm not going to let go of that until you apologize to me. There are lots of good reasons to hold on to it, or at least lots of reasons to hold on to it. I know couples that have been divorced 30 years, and still at least one or the other of the spouses has not let go of an injury caused them by the other spouse. The other spouse is on their merry way, living their life. And the spouse who's holding the grudge, they're the ones who are suffering, not the person who is the direction of the grudge. Our Torah is really wise. And in this week's Torah portion, which is a 
double Torah portion known as Achrei Mot and Kedoshim. Kedoshim is really, uh, means holiness, and it's really at the center of the Torah, both literally, it's, if you hold out the Torah scroll, it's like literally the center of it, but also metaphorically. The rabbis say that this is the very foundation upon which the Torah is built, the principle that you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And one of the essential principles of that system of laws reads as follows. That's actually the second part of it, which I'm not going to talk about, is probably one of the most famous passages in all the Torah. The second part of it is, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. But in that same verse, the first part of the passage reads like this, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against your countrymen. And the rabbis of the Midrash and the Talmud ask, okay, it seems like they've actually said two similar things there. Take vengeance and bear a grudge. So what's the difference between taking vengeance against somebody and bearing a grudge against somebody? And the difference they say is taking vengeance against somebody is, I won't let you borrow my hammer because you wouldn't let me borrow your hammer. And bearing a grudge against somebody is even saying to them, or at least in your heart, even though you wouldn't let me borrow your hammer, I'll let you borrow mine. It's a sense of self-inflation at the expense of others, a sense of self-superiority at the expense of others, a sense of holding on to the injury that others caused us in the hopes that holding on to it will hurt them. But they're getting the hammer from us. We're still holding on to the hurt. The fact that I give away my, don't give away my hammer to somebody else doesn't change the fact that they didn't give their hammer to me. And so the Torah says, not only don't take vengeance, which I assume we would all kind of uh, take as a given, but don't bear a grudge. Don't harbor the hurt and injury in your heart. Why not? It's not hurting anybody. No, it's not hurting them, but it is hurting you. A couple weeks ago was the 20th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, it was one of the seminal moments of my uh, young life, and I'm sure many of uh, you in the room remember it. Um, and among all of the commemorations of the bombing, I, one story that I saw on the news stuck out to me. And it was a story of a woman named Kathy Sanders. And Kathy Sanders was is the grandmother of uh, two babies who were in the nursery in the Murrah Federal Building when it was uh, bombed by Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. And so she lost two innocent, beautiful babies to this horrible, senseless act of terror. And many people, most people, would experience that as a profoundly devastating and totally unforgivable offense. And for many years, that was what Kathy did. She was driven and consumed by her anger and her hatred of the people responsible for the bombing. And she spent her time investigating the bombing, hoping to dig up additional things that the FBI couldn't have uncovered in order to make sure that everybody who was responsible was brought to justice. And in the process of her doing this, she ended up encountering and speaking directly to Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh. And to her surprise, 
she struck up a relationship with them, and especially Nichols. And she found herself, to her surprise, eventually forgiving them for killing her grandchildren. She said this, I didn't set out to forgive Terry Nichols, Timothy McVeigh, or anyone else involved in this crime. But learning to forgive was a gift I gave myself. What I have today is peace from learning how to forgive. Now, I'm not saying that we have an obligation to forgive crimes of the magnitude of the Oklahoma City bombing. Certainly not if we weren't directly impacted from them. But what I am saying is if she can do it and she can experience the peace and the gift that comes from learning how to forgive for a crime of that horrific nature, then we in our lives, who if we're honest with ourselves, have experienced hurts and injuries that are no less important, but perhaps of a smaller magnitude than Kathy Sanders did, maybe we can also find the gift and the peace that comes with learning how to forgive. I don't always think that all of the cartoons my daughter watches provide helpful and encouraging messages for her or for us. But here, I think, in the words of the Torah, in the advice of Robert E. Lee, and in the lesson of Kathy Sanders, I want to bless us that we learn how to let it go. Shabbat Shalom.